And we are live. That's what Jack always says. <laughs> yes, he does too, doesn't he? Yeah. And we are live. Yeah. We are live. <laughs> Here we are. Live Which one person. of us should introduce this? I don't know, Toolman Tim. Like, we're on everybody's channel. I was just thinking that. I, of course, I, I left the YouTube video open in the background and it started echoing. So I, I lost yeah. it for a second. But yeah, I know. I was, how, how do you, we're in all the places, literally all the places. So it turns out I have a self-reliance festival live stream that almost conflicts with Toolman Tim's regular Thursday live stream. So we split the difference and decided to just do one big thing because then we could talk about each other's stuff on each other's show. So that's what today's show is. If you guys want to ask us any questions, put the first words in all caps so that blind Nicole can see it. That would <laughs> yep. be much appreciated. And we'll try to work them in. But and then the lawnmower guy, the human lawnmower, is joining us. But uh, he, the link, I I emailed him the link, and it got all messed up. And he'll be here. He'll pop in at some point. So we'll introduce John when he gets here. Sounds good. I the other day, so I have this entire mobile podcast studio now. It's like with a I have this knockdown backdrop so that I can live stream from hotel rooms, and it almost looks like it's here, right? And I'm pretty proud of it. And I've worked my ass off getting it up and running. And I was on the Casual Preppers podcast the other day. They were doing this new series they're doing. I couldn't get anything to work at all. Hey, there's the lawnmower man. How are there's you? There's the lawnmower man. He's here. <laughs> yeah, no, I, heard, I had the, the feed going here while I was trying to figure it out. So I heard the human lawnmower coming. I was like, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Gonna have to roll with that. I like it. Meticulous.com. And I, how do I pronounce your last name, John? A fade, at least in the States. That's how we say it. A fade. Okay. I finally learned not to spell it with an L this year. <laughs> yes. How were you spelling it? Like with L in the it front? A L T H. I like, I've typed it that way so many times wrong. <laughs> wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, okay. So what were you what were you talking about, Tim? And then we'll get to we'll get to John. Oh yeah. Anyway, so you know how you you try to do your absolute damnedest to uh, make sure you have everything in line, working perfect. Now I was lucky because Becky had her laptop with her as well. It did not matter what I did. I tried. I I had audio issues from. I logged in. Everything was perfect. Ten seconds in, it all went to pop. Just horrible. So. Frigged and frigged and frigged, couldn't get it to work. So just threw the laptop completely out. Not really, but you know, get rid of it. Hooked up with Becky's laptop and all was good. But it's miserable when you think, oh, I got everything on the go. I got everything running. And then all of this happens. So, yep. Studio challenges. Well, so John, John Athade is a video dude. Yeah. So what you don't know about him is he's a video dude, he's a musician, and he's a homesteader. And he does web development. He has lots, many talents, but one of his talents is taking tall grass and tall weeds and making them shorter with a scythe. So tell us, tell us how one does that without ending up crippled in old age by messing up their back. The good news about the tool is it's very hard to cut yourself when you're sighted. <laughs> now, everyone else in, in the, the mowing path, that's a different story, but, uh, it is the, the only time you're likely to, to get a nick is when you're actually honing it or sharpening it and you have the blade in hand and you're doing one of these kind of numbers. Right. But um, no, it's it's uh, it's nice. I, I really started to do scything a lot more. I was using, you know, a good old handy steel 
weed eater and uh, I was starting to get tingling in the hands because I've got a lot to clear and you, you know, you're sitting there going back and forth and it's vibrating a good amount and um, started using the scythe instead, got, got one out of scythe supply. I saw uh, Justin Rhodes, I think I saw him do a, a video about it with a gentleman from up in Vermont or Maine or somewhere up in that neck of the woods. Um, and uh, I was like, that can't be that hard. Uh, and it's not that hard, it, it, but you do find out all the muscle groups you've been avoiding, especially in, in the uh, this whole motion, the lateral twist. That's it's 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 uh, it's interesting because it's not it, you, you see people coming in there and hacking and stuff like that. That's not really what it's about. It's really a smooth motion, and it's not a lot of pressure there. But it is you know you you get you get through a workout and you're like, all right, yeah, I've got I'm gonna have that that V coming in if I keep this up. So. <laughs> Okay, Jason Routboard says that's a nice shirt. Second favorite snowbird. Whose shirt? Uh, yeah, I don't know, but which mine, one? I which love, one? <laughs> I loved this one the other day when it showed up. Oh yeah, yeah. I love that one too. I it's dirty. It's in the laundry yeah. already. <laughs> I feel yeah. left out. Do I need to get some? I can get some post-its and make an S and O and an E, and I think I'll yeah, <laughs> you, you, or make some snark. Just get a post-it, put it on your chest with a snarky statement. <laughs> thinking about it thinking about it all right i've got i've got the post-it at hand so when, when ready yeah so we could crowdsource what john should put on his shirt with the <laughs> post-it just put it in all caps in the comments so we know you mean it to be the uh the t-shirt snark for the evening i really think it should be some sort of early 90s looking lawnmower man poster with with like his logo or something on it i would that would be awesome yep that would be that would make my day yep i guess it would john it only counts if i make it makes good moonshine and good t-shirts yeah. only if you're using this kind of pen uh no i've, I've got a sharpie though i do have a sharpie this, I've, got, I've got a variety these of kind of smell good mm. Mm. This one's grape. Oh, is, there, is that the uh, Mr. Sketch? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right there. Let's sure. go trumpet. And I'll go with the cut grass. I like that one. Let's go with that. I'm <laughs> thinking keep off the yeah, keep off the grass, maybe. Keep off my grass. Yeah. yeah hey man. baby, stay off my grass. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes my night. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, I was telling Toolman Tim, we started filming the Hey Baby series today, which I will, spoiler, I'll give a spoiler about that. Um, John, you know about this one, right? Where I'm being filmed saying, hey, baby, and then homesteading things. And today we did, hey, baby, want to pluck my chickens? <laughs> want to graze my field? <laughs> and then we showed the sheep. <laughs> I think so, those are going to do great. I really do. Oh, they are. They are. It's just the uh, the the... How many levels? You've, you've got to get like that second or third order effect going, right? Yeah. The, the trick is, um, well, yeah. So I just need a lot of snarky phrases. And I'm pretty good at coming up with snarky phrases. It's like every Monday over coffee, try to come up with 10 snarky phrases. But I'm also taking suggested snarky phrases at this point. Because I can tell you that having come up with 21 now, that... It's getting harder the more there are. As you walk around, my yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that was... permanent markers not stinky anymore. 
I, I, I don't know. I think per, the permanent ones typically have the whatever off-gashing thing is, right? Oh, David Sigler. I, I love the man. I don't know how he comes up with it. <laughs> I saw a man slumped over his lawnmower crying. He was going through a rough patch. That was excellent. Oh, yeah, he, he's the pun master. That is true. Okay, so so let's talk about poverty mindset. I know you talk about that all the time, Tim. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about that at the Self-Reliance Festival. Must be nice that you're Must able be to come nice. there, yep. right? Uh, what, what are you looking to achieve with that presentation? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I spent a couple hours yesterday kind of tweaking because, you know, you never really... It's the same, but it's different in how it is. How's that old yeah. saying go? But I think in preparedness and in homesteading and, you know, living off the grid, all of that, at least for me, I have, um, I forget how many there are, pillars of preparedness. And each one represents one of the letters. And E is for entrepreneurship, because I think for someone to find freedom, they need to have at least a little taste of entrepreneurship in their life. I think, you know, a full on taste, like the full meal deal, baby, but I get it. Not everybody wants the full meal deal of entrepreneurship, but you need something to, you know, as a fallback or as just what, because what I find once you get that bite of independence, you know, heaven help you. And so for me, we never, ever would have been successful in entrepreneurship. We wouldn't have been able to do the shit we wanted to do all the way through COVID, if we hadn't have murdered that poverty mindset many, many years ago, or at least started the process so that we could do all this cool shit that we're doing now. And hopefully that can rub off on people when, uh, you know, when I get my 45 minutes at Self-Reliance Festival, I just, that's what I want people to see because when it comes down to it, sometimes you don't even realize you're in it. You've just kind of walked around in a fog and you think, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And then you realize, shit, no, I'm really part of the must be nice crap. You know? I look at other people and instead of, well, that's really nice. You say, well, must be nice. You can even say the same damn words, but you can mean it in two different ways. And if you don't realize, if you just sit around and think, oh, yeah, you know, my, my boat will come in someday or my train will come in. Well, no, it won't. You, you don't sit there and wait for it. You got to make your own luck and Hopefully I can at least inspire people a little bit because it was something that, I mean, we struggled with for many years. I've told my story so many times and we were on the verge of bankruptcy, on the verge of, you know, just packing it all in at one time or another. And uh, yeah, taking those first baby steps to kill the poverty mindset certainly helped. It's funny because I didn't kill it all at once. Hmm. I, can't, I just take bites out of it. Sure. Like, I remember it seemed completely out of my reach to buy a ten dollars to $20,000 roaster years, five years ago. Yes. And, and that has changed where I'm like, if I need a $20,000 roaster, I'm going to get one. Because then that means I have the sales that require the production, you know, to do it. So at that point, it's no longer like, how am I going to get this done? It's, or I could never do that. So I need a $3,000 roaster, right? You don't settle <laughs> anymore, right? You figure yeah. out a way to do it. Yeah. If it's necessary to the success, then we figure out how to do it. And that's, 
I think that can be really hard for people to get their heads around. So, in in there's no there's no simple solution to any of it. <laughs> you know, I say it to to hopefully not discourage people, but for us, the big part of it. I, so you, you talked about how you took little bites, and I, there's actually a part of my presentation where I talk about it's you know baby step, baby step, baby step, and then all at once. You know, it's like little little it. It's that, uh, you know, 10 year overnight success, right? You, you do all these things in the right way. You don't see a whole lot of results, don't see a whole lot of results. And then all of a sudden, hopefully you get that 45 degree growth curve all of a sudden. And that's what it is. You, you make one choice. Well, okay, today when I wake up, no matter what I see, I'm going to be happy for other people. No matter how much success they have, no matter, you know, how many shit sandwiches I had to eat this week, I'm still going to be happy for them. Because that's the first mindset. And when you can swap it, when you can go from looking down your nose at other people and thinking, oh, yeah, you know, whatever, that would be nice, <laughs> all kidding aside, to, yeah, that is nice. Good for them. That's the first step. And then changing other things. Um, instead of going from um, I can't or I won't to how can I or is this worth it? Those are two other mindsets. And it's real easy to slide back. You know, there's still times where you just, ah, oh, yeah, no, I, I can't do this. <laughs> and thank God I have a significant other who occasionally kicks me in the butt and says, yeah, no, honey, you can, you absolutely can, but <laughs> yeah, go do it. <laughs> yeah, you have to, you got to have somebody, you know what I mean? That, uh, because try to do it all by yourself and it can be tough. And you go back and forth on cheerleading, right? It's, you know, you just, you just hope you're both not having the bad day on the same day. Right. Yeah. We, we, we kind of do that. we, I think we refuse to both. I there's, I mean, there's times where both of us are having that bad day, but I think one of us just chooses to fake it. We're like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> you got it, because yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, they're worse off than me. I'll, I'll I'll suck it up today, and then maybe tomorrow they'll be better, and I can I can wallow for a little bit, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, for us, go, like we, you know, we we are in the process of opening up that second daycare, the one that we just kind of mentioned in passing at the LFTN spring workshop. And we've actually had two properties fall through that we um, at least put a, you know, kind of a, I, the first one wasn't really an offer, but we had a verbal agreement on it and that one fell through. The second one, we actually had a written offer on and last minute, somebody threw another offer in and took it out from under us. And, you know, you take those 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and Becky's like, yeah, no, that's it. You know, not really. We're not giving up, but you feel like giving up, right? Right. And then just back at the grind, and now we have a third property. So you, you really have to make those choices. Am I going to, you know, let the world beat me down and say, yeah, you know what? Because it's only failure if you decide to stay there. And that's what's happened with us. And that's when I changed my mind <laughs> because there was lots of times in the past when I would be, that's failure. And I just walk away from it. And now, ah, you know what, that might be a great big boulder in the road, but we're going to climb around it, walk around it. What are we going to do? Yeah. I mean, real estate's notorious for that too. Oh, it, it's awful. And, and the market's pretty hot up here. So, you know, you kind of got to jump on things and, but it's just a matter of keep talking, keep looking, keep moving. If you're not sure, what, if you're not sure what's going to work for you, keep trying things. Eventually you'll find the thing that is working. And, and that's what we, that's where we ended up. And the cool thing is, is this third property is the best one of the three, but we wouldn't have got it if the first two hadn't have been pulled out from under us. So remember yeah. that because there's going to be days you're going to wake up and shit's going to go sideways, but sit down, take a breath, 
wait a few minutes, and then keep going. That's usually the best thing that we've been able to do with it. Yeah, do something. Right. That's, action. That's, that's kind of what I've gotten to is do something when you're running into lots of barriers. And this is like, it's kind of my mantra between now and Self-Reliance Festival is do something. It's like, okay, I don't have the photo of that particular speaker. So I'm going to get this speaker promoted and out and, or whatever. And it just, it's what happens. That happens all day long. And I mean, because meticulous is creative services, right? So you send something off to a customer and it's like, well, I could stare at the screen here for an hour or I could scroll some Insta and you're like, no, no, no. I've got 15 other things in a list here. And, and I am a gross violator of my three things. I will, I will say that up front, but it's because there's so many little things that have to move forward. And then like the bigger projects, you can think about the bigger projects. And, and when I'm working on the homestead, I'm trying to tackle the big ones, but especially with the client service stuff, you're like, it's a lot of 15, 30 minute returns and boom, that goes right back out. And then it's onto the next thing because I can clear 10 to 20 of those in a day, or I could clear one and sit here and go, I'm while I'm waiting on that client, why can't I get anything done? I find, so that was, we, um, Somebody asked the other day how to stay motivated, and there's no real answer to that. But we spent three days away at the city. Kind of we do this every year with the kids um, before school starts. And I kind of came home in a funk. Just, you know, it happens. You just didn't feel like doing anything, you know. And because I had too many things to do. There was, I think I had about four phone calls for property management while I was gone. Simple things that could be dealt with on Monday. And I didn't feel like doing them anything i just kind of wanted to curl up in a ball and not do it but instead <laughs> i just told my ass okay get up start moving go and do one thing and you know what i had those four things done in two and a half hours but if i'd have said her i could have easily you know screwed the pooch for the entire day and come out the other end and thought oh there we are and i'm not saying i do that all the time but that when i remember to do that that's when i get shit done yeah do you find yourself on the, you know, I mean, I know a lot of us are undiagnosed, but do you find yourself you're somewhere on the ADD spectrum? -ish? Yeah, I think so. It, it's funny because as a kid, I was never, you know, not diagnosed or anything like that. And I wasn't, I was hyper really young, but that didn't really go along with it. But oh yeah, I'm, I'm the, oh, look, a squirrel type guy, a lot, <laughs> you know, but I can hyper focus really, really well, but yeah. I have to, I have to get that in and do it. You know, I'm, my son he struggles with it a lot too. He's, he's an adult now. Uh, I wouldn't say that mine's as bad as his, but yeah, we have it. Yeah. It's that hype. I can hyper-focus and, and just do something, but I can also, and maybe this, you know, I was talking to another person in the workshop community the other day and they said they had a, their words were they personally have a really mean, lazy streak, but that person is one of the people that I would consider the hardest working, most get shit done type of person that I know. And I think that goes part and parcel with this entire lifestyle. Uh, you know, the freedom of, you know, self-sufficiency and entrepreneurship. You've got both the freedom to do whatever you want, but the responsibility that you have to do something. You don't have a boss telling you. And so, yeah, you can slide into it. And, and I do. I still do sometimes. But yeah, so yeah, that's a, I, I'm really, you know, I'm really good at when three words will do, I can fill in 15 minutes for you, John. So yeah, there you no. go. Well, <laughs> You describing that, that I, I often find the, the the object in rest tends to stay in rest, right? And the object in motion tends to stay in motion. And yep. if I'm at rest, 
dear Lord, the, the, I have to trick myself to get into motion. And that is the, oh, you can do this for five minutes. Well, five minutes go by and all of a sudden I'm cleaning the kitchen. I'm cleaning the bathroom. I'm scrubbing the floors. But if I didn't get up in the first place and just say five minutes, that's little just break that at rest thing. It would never have gotten done. And it applies to anything, you know, any chore, any, any project. It's so easy to be like, yep, well, I'll get to that in a little bit. And then, you know, you just got to start right now and then it's easy. But the starting is always the hard part. 100%. Yep, I agree. And the hyper-focus, 30-day reviews says, you know, hyper-focusing can be bad when it stops your ability to get anything else done. Right. The thing I most hyper-focus on when I hyper-focus, which probably lends to it being distasteful to me, it's distasteful to me for many things many reasons is tax preparation. I was going to say QuickBooks. <laughs> no, no, I'm using zero now. I'm using zero, but it's like tax preparation because I'm completely in the coding in my head. And when I walk away from the coding in my head, it's still thinking about it. So like I've been doing that. I go to choir and I introduced a new person. Her name was uh, Kathleen. I introduced her as Teresa <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm Kathleen. I'm like, okay, so Teresa, I did it twice and everybody's just cracking up. And I'm like, wow, I am not connected to the world at this point. So yeah, that's the, I mean, so when you're, when you're distracted easily in that scatter mode, I think you see big picture things. You'll see patterns other people don't see. So I think it's actually having that, happen in your mind is helpful if you're somebody who wants to pursue an independent lifestyle as long as you can figure out how to trick yourself into getting stuff done along the way because you need to complete things so that scatter mode you see trends that other people wouldn't see and you figure out solutions to problems that other people wouldn't figure out and i think that's why success will build behind you but then you also hyper focus sometimes and when you hyper focus, like you get, you get things done that nobody else can get done in a period of time that's relatively short. Uh, but I, I don't know what you guys do. I find myself having to manipulate myself. Like I'm literally like the evil little child manipulating myself to get things going sometimes. Hundred percent, all the time. So. I want to talk about that. Let, let me talk a little on the hyper-focus too, though, because when you talk, to, I don't know how to explain it, but like there's like a buzzing in my brain, in my brain when I'm hyper-focused. Like you said, I bet your your brain was still on taxes, even if you weren't necessarily being, you know, even if you didn't know the taxes were beating around in your head, they were still there. And I, I haven't found an easy way to stop that other than to scratch that itch eventually, either to complete it or wait until my brain ends up not being interested anymore. You know, sometimes it can take two days, sometimes it can take a month, but I've also realized that I think the most successful people and the people that actually do great things in their life have to become hyper-focused on something. You, you know, you have to become passionate to the exclusion of many other things. If you really want to do something, you can do a whole bunch of little things and never really find success. But if you want to find it, you've got to settle in on something eventually. Otherwise you'll end up being 80. Well, if you're lucky to live to 80 and look back and think, huh, you know, I was busy, but I didn't get much done. <laughs> Running in every direction fast gets you, uh, you stay put. But um, 
the uh, the multitasking thing that David Siegler here is posting, I think there there there's a little discussion because I know when I was 20, I could actually multitask, and it was the weirdest thing. I could actually sit there and have a conversation with you and be typing something entirely different, and I had two, I had doubles threading, or maybe it was just really fast bouncing back and forth, but I got both things actually worked. Now I could only do that for a little bit of time. I try to do that now, and I'm just like, what? Huh? 20 years will do that to somebody but um you know there's there's a little bit of that that it's not and these things come and go and so one thing i notice now is that we're talking about the hyper focus i'm afraid of hyper focus in a way in a weird way like i know if i start working on one of my personal coding projects dear yeah. lord i'll be up till three in the morning and so when it's a when it's 10 or 11 o'clock at night i'm like ooh, and i'm like nope i am going to close the laptop because if I start, I can't stop. And so there's there's almost that, you know, because unfortunately, when I was, again, pre, pre-children, that was no problem. But now I have a four-year-old that comes in and says, I, you know, daddy, daddy, I want breakfast at 630, no matter how late I stayed up or how late she stayed up or any of the other kids. You know, that's, that's our youngest. But it's like, so I can't, there, there's, there's this trade-off that happens where you got to be like, all right, I need to uh, put this body to rest <laughs> so this body can do what it needs to do tomorrow. Uh, but the, the hyper focus is it's a it's a good skill and it's a, uh, a a blessing and a curse kind of thing. It's a double edged sword. I just yesterday, so I kind of skipped about an hour. little chop. Okay, hour is that him or me? I I'm seeing I, it too. Okay, Tim, your your internet gave you a slap yep. on the side of the head. So start that whole story over. <laughs> Yesterday. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Anyway, I had two, I had two hours to work on my uh, SRF presentation. And I know if I don't start doing them like th now, then by the time I get on the road, I won't enjoy the prep work near as much. So I had an hour and a half. I scheduled it in and I knew my brain was going to go into deep prep mode. That's just where I go. But the downside to that is I can get a little ugly if I get interrupted. And I don't mean to be that type of person. It's just when I have my day scheduled for things that require that kind of work, if there's something that somebody needs help with, I, I tend to not want to be the person that helps other people at that time. And uh, that's just truth and honesty. You know, you, you get deep into that and it's almost like I can't can't quite check my brain off to go do something else. And the other thing is, if I do, I'm hooped. So, you know, if I've got an hour and a half to focus on something, I need that hour and a half. If I break it up at the 45 minute mark, I might as well not go back because I'm not getting any more done. I, I don't know why I'm that way. That just is how it works for me. That's not uncommon. This is a maker time versus manager time. I don't know if you've ever heard this analogy before. Um, it's when when makers like to get into deep thought and usually if I, I kind of describe it as I'm working with a mental model and I'm hanging all this stuff up in the air, you know, my virtual brain. Right. And if someone comes over and says, hey, quick question, all of that falls to the ground. That's and fair. I, and I'm like, all right. And they're like, oh, am I bothering you? I'm like, well, you are now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's get it done. And, and then, you know, you start back over and you're like, all right, that was here. This was here. This was here. So it takes you every interruption is not the interruption It's the interruption and the time to get back to where you were, which can be like 30 minutes. Right. So this I used to work at Living Social back in the day, you know, a decade ago. And the office in D.C. was a big, giant, open floor plan. 
mess and it was all hard surfaces so you can imagine nicole again nicole's face right now she's just like i'm in pain and i never went uh so everything was echoey cavernous and i mean you could just see all the designers all the engineers boom headphones i mean as some of us started putting up cardboard to block the visual too because it was just people moving everywhere and walking around and you had sales and you had product managers and people that to them having a bunch of 30 minute meetings blocking up their calendar that's an amazing day and for me that is hell on earth Right. So that's it's 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 interesting, especially when you have a whole bunch of 20 somethings that don't know, like they don't understand the dichotomy of other people are different than me. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're just collaborating. We're working. It's great. And and it's like, why didn't you get that done? Well, I've been in meetings nonstop for four days, you know, and so that's the kind of thing. So it's the maker versus manager time right there. And, and when you get into that mode, I, I'll snap sometimes, too, in the same way, because I'm like, I'm in here and I'm almost done Dad, Can you get me a sandwich? I'm like. Dude, you know where the bread is? You know where the, you know? And and it's like, I don't mean to get testy, but I'm like, I just, everything just fell to the ground. And I'm like, son of a gun. I got to start over on that. Well, that, I appreciate that. Thank you, John. I hadn't heard that maker's time before, but that's exactly what it is. 100%. That's, that's really a good, that falling to the ground analogy I love because that's why, so it took me four weeks to get the self-reliance festival agenda done four weeks. And the reason it took four weeks is I couldn't do it five minutes here and five minutes there. I literally had to have two monitors. I had post-it notes. I knew who was which on, on which day, like I had to sit down and gronk it out without being interrupted. And I did that yesterday. Um, and then I had to lay it out on the website. And like, once I got to the website part, it wasn't as big a deal because I have the spreadsheet now. And that doesn't mean things don't move, right? That's not going to cause me to be tragically upset. It's just like getting the whole shape yep. together is it, it takes me a long time to to hold those things up in the air. So I love that. And once that shape's put together, then I, I can come back and, and edit, you know what I mean? What, but it's, it's that holding it all together, whether it's a house of cards or whatever, or maybe a puzzle. You know, I used to do a lot of puzzles and the puzzle was never really completed until it was glued, you know, until you put the glue on the back of the, you know, because yeah. there was a time my cat came in and knocked that 1500 piece puzzle right off the table. Right. Yeah. So until everything's glued in place. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I get that. That's good. That's very true. And it is that it's like you almost take a snapshot. You get it to a point where you can take a snapshot and then you can restart from that point. Right. And it's yeah. not, but, but getting to the snapshot phase and that sometimes is a physical artifact. Sometimes it's just a mental resolution. Like I solved X, Y, and Z. And I know that is now foundational to build upon. Um, but getting to there is, yeah, you got to have that focus time. It's kind of like when you're designing a website, and you're like, what needs to be on the homepage? And you have all these elements. And you're like, how is that going to look on this and on a, on a screen? And how can I make those things come to life? And then you sketch it out on one of these pieces of paper. And then you finally get like, I think I showed uh, you and I did one for the homepage where I was like, we got to do something with the homepage differently. And you sent me like this really nice drawing. <laughs> And I was like, that's great. This is what I drew. And it was like three boxes across the top of a piece of paper written with a sketch it pen. And I was yeah. like, that's exactly what I meant, John. His is I all totally, but it totally, I was like, yeah, that's what I was going to. I mean, this is, this, I went to architecture school. So I do have, I have a, a, a tendency to draw really, I'm doing it on sketch paper. It's in the house right now, but it's just a roll. Here's, I mean, this, this is a, 
here's an actual architectural drawing, but like this is just, you know, it's like see-through paper and you just literally sit there and scribble with a pen and you, the fatter the pen, almost the better. And what's so cool about this when you're doing design stuff, and this can apply to anything. I mean, it could be a chicken coop. It could be your rotation. It could be your garden plot for the year. It could be a website. But everybody's pretty comfortable with pen and paper. So for collaboration, you know, if you're in a tool and it's some specialized tool, CAD is a great example, right? Lots of detail. I don't know what all these buttons do, dear God. Okay, yeah, but here, what do you want? How do you want your kitchen to go to your dining room? Oh, I want to walk like this through here, and I'd love to have this here because the kids always got to go to the bathroom, but I want my pantry here, and, and, you know, you've got a bubble diagram. Great. I've got adjacency. We just solved that problem, and we didn't have to go into a very precise tool. So for me, scribbling, sketching, for it's, it's like the best place to start. Everyone's pretty comfortable with it, and it's a great way to have a shared understanding on anything you're working on. Well, I'm glad I was on the show with you, John. <laughs> great ideas. I'll send you a roll of trace paper. It'll be good. You'll be like, yeah. oh. But you're right. Trace I, paper I, is the next prepper must have. I love, yeah, sketching things out, making lists, putting some pen to paper in any instance makes yeah. it real. I, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, Don Gorham is in the house. Hello, Don. <laughs> There was someone a ways back, Nicole, that talked about outsourcing material uh, projects and time. I, it was a ways oh, back. Somebody said they outsource all of their tax preparation and just earn more money to pay for it. I like that. I yeah, 100% do it. <laughs> I am working towards that right now. The issue is that you still have to communicate to the person doing your tax prep what the expenses are. Right. And so I am setting up rules that automate that so that they can figure it out better. Now, John Willis has found a unicorn where he can give them piles of receipts and they just figure it out. Wow. So that's cool um, <laughs> for him. I still have the, uh, the the slog through the bank statements, uh, you know, sometime in February as I'm rapidly trying to get everything to the accountant. But she's, I mean, our accountant's great. Rel like for doing the farm, because we do a Schedule F, right? So the, we got the farm. I've got my, my LLC. We have my wife's LLC. I'm part of a couple other businesses that come in on 1065s. And she does all of that for less than 500, which is, you know, it's not Whoa. cheap. But it's not this That's like I've heard, some, I've heard some crazy like, yeah, the accountant wanted eight thousand dollars for this. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's one of her like assistants doing it. I mean, she probably is just like, yep, I checked it off. I stamped it. You know, she does. That's that's, you know, it's a, but that's, it's still I mean, it's great. Really and it saves me that the headache. And I know that it's uh, the biggest thing, right, is like if I miss the if I miss something on there, right, then the IRS comes and makes you very unhappy, right? But with the accountant, that's their license, they're stamping it, saying this is good to go. So that, there's a little bit of a uh, one less thing to worry about. It's it's kind of worth that tax for me. I don't know. Yeah, and yes, the easy answer is use John's unicorn accountant. I would have <laughs> to have all my receipts in a bag for that. So that's totally possible. The door and this in. year, <laughs> but for our last year, it's just a longer story. That's a problem of my own making that I am solving. <laughs> We've run into that 
again, with the daycare, that's been a huge learning because that's a way bigger business than we've ever ran before. Sure. And so, you know, and everything that we've built, Becky's built from scratch. And so she's struggled for a long time wanting to outsource things because, you know, it, so we recently gone to like a payroll company that takes care of that. That has made, that's a, every time we outsource something else, we never, ever regret it. And, and if we do, we just find a better option for it. But it, it's worked out. That um, Opus.pro that I was talking to you about. Earlier. Oh, I love that. So the I realized the thing that I love the best. And okay, so I better back up. So people who don't know what that is, it is Opus a clip. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. It So it takes your videos and it turns them into reels, shorts, TikToks, whatever you want to call them using AI. And it's damn good. And it's not that expensive. I had almost or was working with a company that wanted to charge multiple thousands of dollars to do the same thing. The stuff that comes from there is every bit as good as what was coming from them. And I, you know, I'm so the best part also is there's no collaboration. I throw the video up there. It outputs the end product and then I can make a few changes to it. There's none of this. Hey, I'd like this to look green. And then, you know, if, if they're in the same time zone or whatever it happens to be six hours later, they're like, Hey, how's this look? No, not that green, this green. Right. So it takes 90 to 95% of the work from me. And then I just tweak it at the end. And that has been one of the best outsourcings I've done yet. That's awesome. Yeah. Is this the one you've been using Nicole, for the, uh, the yep. okay. awesome. Yeah. That that's I, those, I, I thought she had hired someone to do that. Cause I saw I saw it and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. They got the, they got the text going with it all. I mean, that's- it's simple. It works. I, you know, I've, I've had the best luck on YouTube and on Instagram reels. Uh, probably my last 12 reels, I think 10 of them have had over a thousand views. So yeah, I got you know- 2000 views on my last, although I made that one without Opus clip, but 2000 on my last YouTube one. But it- it's wonderful. I, I think I've gained about a hundred subscribers this month via shorts. So I, I look for me, I'm not going after the high production value shorts. I'm looking at basically them being advertisements or bite-sized pieces of my content that hopefully brings people over into my longer content. And it's working. It's, it's not, you know, um, you won't get millions of followers doing it that way, but it, it's working for what I want. I'm going to address this issue of people only seeing about 10% of the comments in the live feed. Here's what's going on. This is streaming to the Self-Reliance Festival channel on YouTube. It's streaming to Toolman Tim's channel on YouTube. It's streaming to Living Free in Tennessee on YouTube. And it's streaming to Special Operations Equipment on YouTube, which means we've got four channels streaming. And so if somebody says something on another channel and you see me highlight it, that's why I'm highlighting all the comments on the straight screen so you guys can actually comment back across channels. Um, that's why. Restarting won't fix it. <laughs> nope. Good enough. Yeah, so back to the Opus Clip thing. Um, before we started, I was talking to Toolman Tim about, like, my goal this year has been to get better momentum in social outreach and expand the network, and I'm not there yet. And so the thing I've started most recently is putting more shorts out on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And I am getting more comments and interaction, which is good. But I had a meeting with somebody about what volume 
to start with. And they recommended three videos in the morning to four videos in the morning and then three to four in the afternoon. So that's like six to eight videos a day. And I choked on my beer. I wasn't drinking <laughs> beer, but I choked on my fizzy water. And, and I was like, okay, well, if that's what it's going to take, I need to think about how to do that. And two days later, Toolman Tim sends me a link to Opus Clip. I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. And... I was like, well, I'll give this a try. And I do the free trial of it. And I produce like five videos off a 35 minute video like that. And I was like, take my money. Just, just I bought a whole year's worth of, I didn't even mess around with a month to month subscription. I was like, nope, I, I'm confident I can make this work for a year. And then I timed how long it took me to use that tool. So, and I was telling him this before is I, it took me a total of four hours to analyze three big live stream shows, pull out the clips from it with Opus Clip, um, make any edits on typos in the captions, which happens when captions are auto-generated, yeah. and then download them and schedule them on various social media for the whole week. This was three videos a day only in the morning that I was doing. And, and then also write the descriptions for each one and have the tagging and the hash, like the hashtags and tagging people and that sort of thing. Took me four hours for 15 videos. That's about 15 minutes of video. Which, you know, some people would be like, man, that's too much time. Um, it's not too much time if it yields results in the long term. And 15 minutes of video is way better than what it was taking me to do a short before. Yeah. What was a short? Like one to two through? hours. Yeah. And so this this is what happened with me is I was getting really good momentum on TikTok, but I didn't have the drive or I wasn't making the time to do the short form because I was seeing really good results with my long form. I love doing long form. So eventually I was getting burnout out on doing short. So I just give it up. There was about a four month period where I barely put any short form content out there. And yeah, did it hurt me? Sure it did. Yeah, whatever. But it, it was probably going to be, it was an either or for me and the long form was making the money. So I wasn't going to do shorts. And then that company contacted me and I was going to go with them. And then I started, um, they didn't work out very quickly. So then I went to uh, Fiverr for a couple of weeks. And then shortly after Fiverr, I found Opus and that changed my life. It really did. Like it, it has upped the con. Because uh, I don't know if you remember the last time you and I and John were on a live together. John yeah. said, you put four pieces out a day. And I'm like, fuck, I, I can't <laughs> put one out a day. Now, now his guys are saying eight. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for me, two in the morning now, two at night, every, yeah. every day. And it seems to be working. Instagram's growing. YouTube's growing. TikTok, I'm, I'm getting lots of views. I haven't got a lot of growth over there yet, but I think they're punishing me for not putting stuff up for like four months. <laughs> not really, but you know, Maybe. it is what it is. Well, and, and there's, here's the feedback. That's way too much volume. And while I understand it would feel like that, what the data says, like the person who told me eight pieces of content built built a channel in, I think, less than six months to over a million subscribers with it right and and they did testing for time of day and it, it was just i was like okay that's what you know it was like literally how did you do this and they told me how they did it and i was like oh okay 
That's I, why other people don't get that done. And yeah. you have to do all that. <laughs> the reason I'm doing this too is part of it is I, I want to become background noise on these platforms. Do you know what I, mean? I want people to just be like, oh yeah, that's the guy with, you know, the boonie hat with the, the workshop logo on it. And they're going to see me and you know, it might take eight, 10, 30 times for them to see me before they decide they want to check out my content. But you know what? There's a ton of podcasters on TikTok at the moment that I know them by seeing them or hearing their voice, but I don't yet know who they are or I haven't followed them deeply, but I know I like their content. You know, there's a guy that um, he does uh, old fashioned books, like real, like vintage things. And he has like a, a vest and a hat and everything. I recognize him or you know, there's the dude that's always interviewing um, <laughs> millennial or Gen Z girls, and he, he kind of tears down their philosophy, and then they, they go back. I see them all the time, and that's what I want to become is kind of in the algorithm and always there so that you get recognized as one of those people, you know? And then that that, that I'm, I'm trying to build that foundation for sure. Yeah, I think I saw one comment come through. Somebody who said that the editing is what does them in. And what I realized with the short form stuff, you don't edit. You really, you want to figure out a way that either using something like Opus or I literally pull this thing up, I film something and it has mistakes and it's messy and it's only 90 seconds and I post it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and well, I, and I figured out you pause the video on your phone and then change the angle and do something else. Oh. So like when I'm doing the cooking ones, I'm like, this is how I cook the thing. Pause. Do the thing because nobody wants to watch you actually do yeah. the thing that takes 20 minutes. Okay. And then you pop it back out. This is the next step. And you start it again. And most of, every so often I'll accidentally hit stop instead of pause. But that, that feature on the phone is what allowed me to start doing the cooking videos that I had been talking about doing for 10 months. Yeah. And the YouTube shorts, um, I, I haven't used TikTok, so I'm not, I'm just not, I don't have time. <laughs> Not yeah, much. I get it. But yeah. uh, but YouTube Shorts, the like you can film a bunch of little videos and then actually have it stitch it together and do your quick your, you know your edit. I'm gonna say it's not really an edit; it's an assembly. Um, but I'm you can with that. you drag in you know. So I'll I'll film a little video, film a little video. I did this with uh, <clears throat> it was canning or something. I, I, I basically was like this, then this, and and it was you know I did get some interesting feedback because I was just putting words up and stuff you were like don't cover up your prime subject i'm like i'm so sorry man i'm so sorry i'll fix it <laughs> people got really like i was like i'm like thanks for the fee i mean they were nice about it i was like thanks yeah. for the feedback i mean it, it seems and this was right when shorts came out so i think i think it's um definitely still had duds yeah and you know what but but volume taylor swift doesn't write well maybe she does write a pop song every time she picks up the guitar but i guarantee you she has a pile of songs that never right. find anywhere and she's like eh maybe later raw material something else but you got to go through and write and write and write and write and it's you got to clear out all that stuff and so just film 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 you'll get better i mean heck look at look at uh, spearco and like you listen to the stuff in the jetta which is hilarious because I, I was listening to that when it was in the jetta and i didn't think it was all that bad and i go back and listen i'm like this is awful it sounds horrible <laughs> the quality is crap and he'll even tell you the same thing. He's like, yeah, that, that you know, it's like a mic and like a headset mic. And I'm going, you know, down the, the George Bush Expressway screaming at, at people. Right. But you know what? There was compelling content there and it was daily. It was always there. And he was improving as a presenter and and it was compelling enough for me to stick with it. And he, he is the king of telling people to just start doing something. Yeah, you just got to start doing something, man. And, 
that works for everyone because how many people do you i don't know and if you get i have, I have a certain few people that will send me an email every six months looking for advice on how to do something and then six months later they'll look for advice on how to do something but they never really did anything with the last bit of advice you know because they didn't start moving they they got that analysis paralysis or the toolbox fallacy and that's what it is if, but if you get your feet moving yeah i mean you i, I joke i you know you can go back and look at the very first video i put up on youtube and i you know, it looks like one of those Taliban videos or the, you know, that, that they used to film in an underground bunker with one light hanging above it. And, you know, and they would hold we up all, a new We all have our hostage video moment, Tim. It's okay. Yeah, but I'm good. You know, it doesn't bother me a bit. Even, even, I went back, even watching my review videos from like 18 months ago, I'm like, damn, I was so dull. You know, how did anybody listen to me? You know, but that's what happens. You get better with everything. Okay, we're always our worst critics too. Sure. Totally true. So, guys, we have to wrap right at the hour mark. Oh, okay. It, or if we're going to keep going, I got to get off the SOE channel. So, just twelve minutes or eleven minutes. So, but I, I do, I do want to show the thing I'm most proud of today. My accomplishment for the day: the October 2023 agenda is at selfrelianceFestival.com forward slash agenda. And look at this. We've got we've got two tents this time. So I named Ooh. one the circus tent and one the greenhouse tent. And then in the garage, we have more intensive uh, hands-on stuff going on. So we're starting out with underground networking, lock picking, wild edible walks. And we've got sewing going on in the garage and dissolving illusions, which is an add-on workshop, building your niche business how to have a family milk cow without losing your mind. Hemp homes, the new earth haven uh, village model. You're going to like this one, how to get and keep a redneck. <laughs> I like that one. Navigating a world with AI. So Opus Clip is, is an AI tool that we were just talking about. Girls, guns, and other topics from Dana. Uh, we'll do a lot of like, connecting people to people. So we're going to just ask you to raise your hand if you're from different places to, to meet up with each other at the event. How to become a millionaire the slow hard way. The right way. Yeah. yeah. And the he said he's going to, um, he is going to bring in some very current things that have happened. Um, food preservation from Grumpy Acres. I saw Yoda was on. No one is coming to save you from John Willis. And then we're doing a Badass Bitches of Homesteading panel, Amanda Willis, Angela Allard, who's from Grumpy Acres, Don Gorm, and Nicole Sauce. And I didn't ask any of these ladies except for Amanda if they do it. I just put their names on there for them. So hopefully they're okay with that. Renegade Butcher and Backwood Butcher are having a butcher contest on Saturday, and then we're, we're cooking it. There's going to be dinner and social hangout. And then the music that night, we're doing an album launch party for Slave to Servant. And so they'll be playing, Testimonial will be playing, and uh, Sauce might be playing. We're still talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to Shanghai John into playing guitar. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you already did. Now the question <laughs> is, do I bring the pedal board or do we just go acoustic? That's the question. Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great, we could talk about all that. Um, Sunday, we're going to have a, more underground networking, uh, opting out of the abusive medical system, more sewing. Gretchen Catherwood's going to come and talk about her what she's set up with the Dark Horse Lodge to help uh, combat veterans heal. Louise Milliman's gonna do living off grid, advanced wound care, 
Dean Dupree is going to come in and do developing mental toughness with 75 hard. That was a requested session that somebody wanted me to do. And I'm on the agenda too much. And I was like, who else could do it? Dean, can you do this? Cause I think you'd be good at this. Cause he's got a way better story than mine about how he's turned his life around. You're going to love it. Small game trapping, destroying the poverty mindset. That's you. Joel Salatin, the lunatic farmer. Um, He's probably going to talk about the homestead tsunami, how to build a cancel proof website, journey to the unknown life, lessons from my years, a nomad. That's from our um, friend Brian Alexovich of the Lots Project. And then we'll be talking about what's next. Why aren't you on here, John? I'm on, oh, there I am. I'm on day, on Greenhouse Ted, day one. That, yeah. yeah. There he is. Yep. And I probably will end up just doing ongoing. If someone's like, hey, man, I missed your thing. Can you show me? I'd be like, yeah, let's go side. Yeah, so I have you and I have a couple other people who are doing stuff like that on there. Um, just sort of uh, in a place to kick off from. And then hopefully people will come and, you know, see you throughout the weekend. Uh, we've got great demonstrations also going on. Somebody just reached out to me. He's going to show us how to make vinegar. Ooh. And salves. Um, we've got cheese making. We've got lock picking. We've got the dog demonstrations from Joel Riles. Distilling for uh, tinctures. Medical treatment center will be there. The, the, the Allards have a, a whole host of food preservation stuff that they brought last time. Tactical is going to do how to grow food with water. So that's anyway. usually a good thing to have when you want to grow food. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is that an aquaponics thing or what is it? Yeah. It's a hydroponics system oh. for growing. Like it's a smaller scale thing where you can grow food all winter long in it. Oh, cool. And, uh, he, I was like, can you demo that? He was like, we got to start plants now. <laughs> <laughs> if SRF keeps growing the way it is, <laughs> You're going to have to go to like three days or something, Nicole. I don't know what's going to happen, but that is a lot of, that is a lot of presenters. Yeah. So I'm just anyway. excited because I hear, I, I, I get to hear all these people on all these podcasts. Yeah. Like this is like the who's who of podcast guests that I listen to. And now I get to actually meet them all that I'm super excited about that. Just to, just to like, be like, hey, hi, how you doing? You know, but, uh, so much, so much of, of the the shift of the last decade in my life has been the education I've gotten from Living Free in Tennessee, from Spirco, people like that, you know, and it's just really exciting to have that all come together in one spot. Yeah, you will love it. It's yeah. Oh, do I have time to share a quick community story, Nicole? Yeah, you do. We got five minutes. And um, if we're still going, I'm going to just disconnect the SOE channel. So there's a half hour buffer for sure before John goes live because... I do not want to be in his way. No, 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 no. <laughs> so again, we're talking about the power community. You're saying how we're going to do connections at SRF and people put their hands up. Yeah. So I had uh, James Wesley Rawls on my show here a couple of three weeks ago, something. And he he's the author of Patriots. And so I reached out to him and I thought, yeah, it'd be cool. If you'll come on, he will. Anyway, he, he got right back to me real quick. And uh, he has a big audience behind him. Yeah. And so he said, send, send your links and I will share them on my website and on, you know, my places. And so he did. And if you see Lone Canadian in here, so he, uh, so James Wesley Rawls lives in Idaho, you know, he, whatever he shared it. This dude here found me through him, messaged me and said, Hey, I think we live pretty close together. Didn't know who you were. 
Uh, we were less than half an hour apart. <laughs> and I've been making, you know, content for four years. He come down, spent the afternoon at the house, drinking coffee with me. This is what happens. You know, <laughs> I reach out to a guy in Idaho who has been making, you know, uh, prepper fiction for 30 years. Yeah. Get him on my show, interview him. He posts it to his survival blog. A local person whom I didn't know, we're very much like-minded, finds me through that. So that's the power of community, guys. Excellent. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that is the purpose of SRF. We've got a lot going on that's cool. And I guarantee you there will be some subset of people who come and hang out at the campground and walk around and never stay through a whole session anywhere. That'll be me. That's fine. <laughs> and that's, that's not even discouraged. Like, I, I think people come because they hear about the sessions and those are cool. But what they find is a community of people who they can talk to for the first time. And for some people who have not come at all, it'll be the first time in years where it's like, whoa, I can actually talk to you about this stuff. And you're not like <laughs> looking at me like I'm a bug. Sweet. So people don't want to leave when it's done. <laughs> it's tough. It, it, okay. Yeah. Um, do you want to keep going, guys, and I get off of SOE or what do you want to do? I can go a little longer if you, okay. I, I'm just going to give me, I'll, I'll be right back. I'm just going to go next that's door fine. for a second. I got about, oh. about 10 more minutes or so. And then I that's gotta... fine. Yeah, that's cool. I just, I bounced off SOE um, just so that John can do his, yeah, his, do his thing. So, which probably ticked off about 40 people who were on John's. <laughs> Sorry, right. guys. Either they're like, forget that, or they're scrambling to another channel now. What channel did she say? Well, I mean, a lot of those guys are waiting for him to go live at 9 o'clock, and sometimes he's live at 9, 9.30. You never know. And uh, it's, you know, it, so they probably would hop over to stay on his channel anyway to see him live because he, he does his, his nightly live. So I, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I just I, I've, I've heard him so many so much. And I just want to see that energy in person. I'm really looking forward to, to just because <laughs> I know it's going to be just insane, electrical, like, cool. Yeah. Yep. So it will. He is an intense human being for sure. Yeah. And he moves quickly. The key to talking to John Willis is be prepared to walk fast. <laughs> Before I I knew you were talking about John before I even heard you say the key to John Willis. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Grab him early in the morning, but he he'll make time for you if you can catch him. He'll he'll talk to you for a minute. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, a man is awesome to talk to too because she's so concise. Yes. And I like that about her. My absolute favorite part of any of these events, I just walking and talking to absolutely everybody and anybody and. I will make sure that I can. Yeah, I make time for absolutely everybody. I, that's my favorite part. It's just talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> it, it. Yeah. It. There's nothing better than connecting. Yep. Not um, all of us. I'll hang out on Tim's till I see the SOE live up. <laughs> yeah. Some people came back. <laughs> you can go to the Self Reliance Festival channel. <laughs> okay. Uh, Warlike says. So what was that about not being able to multitask? <laughs> Uh, I talk about this. I thought I was a great multitasker for many years. And then I was evaluated by an industrial psychologist for a job I had. And the way they explained how my brain works was that when I have 
multiple projects. Since we're back to the floating balls, John. I, I am very good at holding all of those balls up in the air by remembering what the status is, grabbing one down, doing something, and when I can't do something, putting it back up and taking another one. That's not multitasking. I am doing one thing at a time. I have actually learned that if I try to do two things at a time, nothing gets done well and things get mixed up. So uh, I'm just pretty good at switching from item to item, but I can say the longer I'm in business for myself, the harder this becomes. So I feel like some of that is environmental. Like they made it seem like it was my nature to be this way, but I got evaluated by that same industrial psychologist five years later and I had changed. And she said, did something dramatic or traumatic happen in your life? And I was like, <laughs> goats, goats happened. Just got older. I you know. know, but yes, you know, like there's always something that you could call a trauma, but nothing like I didn't get attacked or raped or, you know, divorced or any of those things. It was just, she was like, well, you've changed. <laughs> so. One thing I want to I want to ask him. I mean, I think we're we're all relatively kindred spirits. We all have a bit of an entrepreneurial bent, running our own things, right? But Tim, you touched on this right at the top of the call. the The entrepreneur kind of skill set and the homesteader skill set is a pretty big overlap, Gantt circle wise, right? Where Where do you think, especially for people that may not have played in the entrepreneurial space, they haven't experienced or tried it out yet? What kind of things, like, what kind of parallels do you see there that may be something that would either encourage someone to say, oh, one, I should think about doing my own business kind of thing, or two, oh, I do that all the time already, and I could apply this in multiple other places? Service. So I, I, I always talk, this is one of my things in my preparedness presentation, but I, I, I always say, walk into your garage, look up, look around, do a 360-degree spin, and see what you have in there that can make you money. Because... The two type of people that want to give you money are the people who don't want to do something and the people who can't do something. You want to work for the people who don't want to do something because they have the money to pay you to do it. But low skill service type things are a great way to get started. They're a really fun way to start making money. And I always joke, but, uh, you know, dog poop pickup was one of my earliest things that I made a lot of money at. But, you know, most anybody can mow a lawn. If you're not scared of heights, you could climb up a ladder and clean out gutters or eaves troughs for Nicole because she likes that. <laughs> Thank you. I like that term. But, uh, window washing. Hey, baby, want to clean my gutters? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a good one. Yes. <laughs> you know, most people garbage for other people. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to be a handyman, but that might mean for a stay-at-home mom, maybe you're going to take in somebody's laundry three days a week and wash it or make lunches for somebody. So you're going to make them, you know, five or suppers. We did that for somebody one time, make five suppers a week, freeze them and have them ready. Just that kind of service for me. Yeah. David says, find the wealthy folks uh, that don't want to do it. Yeah. The guy that wants to sit, you know, on his boat or on the front porch of his cottage on the weekends will absolutely pay you for that. Uh, Warlike wants to know what province I'm in. I am in Alberta. <laughs> I was going to say northern North Dakota, but yeah, no, Alberta. <laughs> yeah, Jason says he makes nine thousand a month hauling trash. Exactly. Wow, that's a, that's that's a house really cleaning. Yep. Yeah. There, house. Yeah. We, I actually kind of want to hire somebody to do that here for the fall. Just I, I love how you started this. Walk into your garage and see what you have. 
Sure. Right? It's not because so many people are like, I can't do it because I don't have it's a tool fallacy, right? I don't have this thing yet. Okay. Uh, you know, and okay, do something else until you can buy that thing if, if you really need it. Right. If you want to get into a 3D printing business and you don't have $500 to buy a 3D printer, then start a lemonade stand. You might say, I hate lemonade. Well, so what? Just look at it as an end to the means or means to the end. Sorry. So go sell 3,000 cups of lemonade and take your $500 and buy your 3D printer. Do something you absolutely hate that you know you can make a bunch of money at and then take that money and turn it into something great. Yep. And also multiple revenue streams, right? Even if that oh. thing that you hate is, you know, I mean, I got laid off last August and I just went, the job market was abysmal. You know, I mean, I, I, I was, and I just, the first thing was, I, I kind of was not really thrilled with my old job. So the first thing I did, I was just like freelance. I had, I had some great friends that, you know, needed work and were happy to, to collaborate. So I wasn't really worried about getting a job because I had work going on. And then finally yeah. in December, I said, I'm, gonna, I'm not looking for a job anymore. I, I'm back to doing this full time. But, you know, that was a revenue stream that I'd kind of kept running for 25 years, little, little teeny bit there while I was doing full-time work. And so I had, and I mean, I've done projects with Nicole and the same thing, you know, we, we, we worked on a big site. What was that five years ago now? Was it that long ago? No, Longer? I think so. Four? COVID was, messes me up with timelines. There's this big blob. It was pretty COVID. I, it, it was probably 2018 would be okay. my guess. But, you know, but having those multiple revenue streams, right? And so it's like, I hate this thing, but I could always go back and do it. Like if this, if the 3D printing thing, if I can't get parts, if nobody's ordering anything for two months, I know I can go clear whatever, 9K a month hauling trash. That's, I'm still, I'm still amazed. That's an awesome, that's awesome. That, yeah. 100%. That, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Nicole. Oh, I, was just, I saw this question. John, if you have to drop off, just like ghost us if we're on a thing. Um Erica was asking, where do I find information for campground for October events? So your ticket includes camping on the SOE campground uh, campus. Uh, it is tent camping only there. His, his uh, ground does not support people driving on it. People have brought like buses and vans and parked because we have a parking lot at the entrance to SOE, but it's on somebody else's property. There were a group of people there parked for the event. Uh, there are campgrounds nearby that you can rent a space and it has like heated bathrooms and showers if you want to do that. All of that is at selfreliancefestival.com. Scroll down to the bottom of that page and you'll, you'll see an FAQ. And there is a list of lodging in the FAQ there. So that'll just link you with other camp areas. And if I could buy a lot right next door to SOE and make a like pull-in camper campground, I totally would but I haven't found one yet. My lot's like that 40 was the minutes price away. I wanted to pay. There was actually one for sale. I was like, should I buy that? John's like, nope. Here's why. <laughs> yes, I wish I wish we'd have bought just a little bit closer, but it was the best we found. And we had, uh, yeah, it's still a great spot. We, we got some work to turn it into somewhere where some campers can get in, but definitely there'll be, there'll be tent camping there over the years for sure. Yep. So Jason says, I have 300 customers, $30 a month. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, here's another one. We have those gray bins that you push out to the road. You know, they hold maybe 10 garbage bags. If you push them down in, they get really rank and really stinky. And for a few years, I've always been thinking, you know what? I bet I could make money just getting people on a retainer, going and cleaning them once a month or once every three months, you know, or twice a summer or something like that. And, you know, $25 a pop, 
You get 100 of those, you do it once a month, that's $2,500 a month right there. We've got about 800 houses in town, so you'd only need 12% of all the houses to make $2,500 a month. Who couldn't use an extra $2,500 a month? I know I could. I, I'd take it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, multiple streams. We were talking about multiple streams. And that in, in the handyman business that actually just sold, signed the paperwork yesterday, got the check today, finally. That was a huge deal for us. But that was our thing for many years was multiple revenue streams. You know, we'd grass in the summer, you know, window cleaning, uh, snow removal. And then it kind of turned into, oh my goodness, property management's huge for us. So that's been ours now. But, you know, I, I've got my property management. I have my content creation. We have, uh, well, we're working on two different daycares at this point. So yes. And the other thing you mentioned about little side hustle. So if you started that, I mean, this is going to be a simplistic kind of illustration, but if you started and you got really good at building um, lemonade stands and, and making money with that, but you went on to the 3D printing and all of a sudden the 3D printing market dried up, you have that that could ramp up. And that's why I said people should have at least a taste of entrepreneurship, because if you have a side hustle that you work 10 hours a week at and you're making, I don't know, 800 bucks a week, and all of a sudden you go into work tomorrow and your boss says, yeah, I got in a fight with my wife last night. We're getting a divorce. The business is going poop and you're gone, yeah. right? Well, guess what? That 10% business that you were making, the little side hustle, it's way easier to ramp that up than it is to start something from scratch out of desperation. So that's why I say everybody should have a taste of it because then at least you can get going and maybe if, if, if shit goes sideways, you can make some money at it. Oh, completely. And yeah, if you, I mean, I know I've, I've heard, I've heard Jack talk about this. I've heard other people talk about this. I think I, I think John Willis says this all the time too. It's just the the you can it, you can go out and make money. It is not hard to make money. It takes work. It takes effort, and it takes intent. But there's a lot of ways to do that. And if just you know being able to figure that out is crucial. And if the, the best time to start was yesterday, right? The whole you know that famous. Yeah. Uh, but if you if you have it, like you said to me, if you have it, even if it's in if it's in hibernation mode, right. right? Then it's like, okay, I know I've got the, I've got my business license in place. I know what I need to do with this thing. Well, like, what do I need accounting wise? What do I need, you know, resource wise? Do I need to run over to Walmart and pick up five different little consumables that are, you know, I had one from two years ago, but it's been sitting in the barn now for, and it's all, it's, it's, it's separated out or whatever, if, you know, those kind of things that you, you can't maintain indefinitely. Um, that's, that's the kind of stuff, just knowing that and being like, boom, because I've seen so many people in LinkedIn right now with the design world, I haven't been able to have a, I've been looking for a job for whatever, you know, eight, nine months. I've applied to 2000 jobs. And I've only had six interviews. It might be time to try something. Yeah. Different. <laughs> might be like, heck, I mean, like I, I remember, um, you know, just like go, go find a nonprofit in town and do a project for them. Right. Like, are you really enjoying filling out workday things where you upload your resume and then have to fill your whole thing out again by hand because it's the shittiest system known to man? Or it's so true. You know what I mean? Like, right. come on, go, go, go get your hand because you're going to make connections. You're going to build your network. And, and you know, that's then those people are going to refer you to other people. But no, you sat there and you're just looking at at the job thing. And, and that I mean, I remember, you know, before when I was like when I was trying to seriously do the job, it's depressing. You're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and you're applying and nothing's happening. And yeah, it sucks. But that was one of the reasons to pull the ripcord. Just go do something. Bias to action, right? I'd much rather be out there doing something 
and working 12 hour days, banging my head against the wall, but doing it. Then, That's yeah. what I tell a lot of people when they're starting that side hustle. So, so say you give yourself 10 hours a week, right? And that's going to be my 10 hours. Well, you know what? Those first few months, you might not have 10 hours of work a week. Hopefully you do, but you might not. But if you've already set those 10 hours aside, start working on skills or, you know, YouTube University, learn how to wash windows, you know, learn how to cut grass, learn how to, you know, uh, trim your hedges, Nicole. Yeah. Maybe I want to trim my hedges. Yeah. <laughs> my grubs. We got at least five or six more to go with. Don't oh, we? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do have to bounce, but it was it was great yep. hanging with you all tonight, and I look forward to, to hanging with you in yep. Canada. We'll see you in person, scything and maybe musicking. Yes, not at the same time. Not at the same time. No, <laughs> no, definitely not. Have a good night, John. Hey, good night, y'all. See you, John. Yeah. So, PH Info One Hundred One says maybe somebody should talk with John and restructure his property that's just down the road from the compound. Actually. That property is available for people to park their campers on because it's just a big flat parking lot. Uh, nobody ever has. Huh. That was our original plan. But then, you know, people wanted to be closer, I guess. Yeah. So the property that's for sale around there is not worth. Okay. So here's the deal on the properties for sale because I think Grumpy or Yoda was asking about that too. Yeah. Um, I saw for sale sign across the street. I'm like, John, what's the deal with that? And he's like, well, that guy wants way too much money. I didn't ask him how much. He said, the problem is they're widening the highway and like that lot's just going to get destroyed. Right. And so he's selling something that you're going to lose because they're taking it for the road. And I, they're not taking it and paying you. They're just taking it. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. So is John going to lose a little bit of his? Or not? He's going to lose a lot of his. Like, they just went up there, cut out a bunch of trees, and marked out what they're going to take, and he lost his whole upper swale, basically. Oh, and they're not, like, they're not, it's, I'm sure it's under eminent domain or whatever, but, so they're not paying anything or very little? I don't, or? I don't, so, I don't know why. I don't know okay. if it was already acquired through eminent domain or if it's that the road owns this much from the center of the road and you can pound sand if you don't like it that's what i was wondering i don't know because the road's already there uh and i didn't really dig deeply into it because it's not my property yeah but, no, I get yeah it. he he was yeah Dave 100 said, feet of john's front it's a lot and wow like, that is. yeah so and for a highway with hardly any traffic on it like, there's no reason to widen it, really. No, no, there is. You've I mean, been, even during SRF, there's not a lot of traffic on no. it. We're bringing in, we are basically selling out every Airbnb and hotel room in the area. Absolutely. So, and it's, yeah, yeah I, I like the uh, the Best Western there. That's if anybody's looking. We've already got ours booked this time, but yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. David Sigler said six weeks to road trip. Well, my road trip's in two weeks. <laughs> Mine starts in two weeks, and I'm, uh, going through Illinois and then down to prepper camp and then up to, we're both going to be at Midwest preparedness, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. And then I get about 10 days to work on my land in Tennessee and then finishing it up at self-reliance festival, which is kind of cool. And then you're going homeward bound. Mm-hmm. We did have uh, a trip to Hawaii booked and then we canceled it with all the craziness. Oh, going on. And, yeah. And then I seen Sean was there. I was like, Oh, maybe we could have went. <laughs> Well, you could go to okay. the Bahamas instead. Facebook user says Illinois. Yes. Uh, 
Nate and Aaron of um, Two Chicks Homestead, they are gracious enough. They're putting me up at their place for a couple of nights. And we decided to do a workshop slash Two Chicks Homestead get together. Um, Hinkley. So if you um, if you're not, I don't know if I, I can't share a link in here tonight. But if you well, come over to the workshop chance? telegram group, what is it? Are you not allowed to put in uh, comments? I, I never joined the. You never joined the uh, thing. Asked me to join the chat, and I, it's okay. But if you, yeah, if you, and any one of my YouTube videos, you can grab the uh, Telegram link, or I can share it to you, Nicole, in the private, and you can share it if you want. Okay. Well, I'm going to, so if you go to livingfreeintennessee.com, and on oh. the side oh, is, wow. is it, so if you look at my page on the phone, you have to scroll through the first couple of posts, and then it has events. If it's on your computer on the right hand side, I have events. Second event down is your meetup on September 16th at Two Chicks Homestead. And it has a link to the Telegram chat where the details are being discussed and where you can get the actual address because I just put the town down for that. So if you're wanting to try to do that, you know, check it out here. Aaron's probably going to me now because I just put this out on a live stream. <laughs> I talked about it on my podcast, though, too. Oh, yeah, we've been, yeah, I've got, and there's a super secret piece of swag that only people who meet up at workshop events in 2023 get. So and okay. there was only a hundred of them and I want to make sure those hundred are gone by the end of self-reliance festival. So come and see me and you'll get one. Yes. Jason wants to know if the snowbirds coming down for SRF. Absolutely. Who does he mean? I assume he means me. I think. Okay. If he means, know. if he means Ed, then I, not for this one. That oh, I've heard of. I mean, Ed's welcome anytime, but he, he kind of told me it's more of a once a year thing for him. Sure. <laughs> I'm seriously considering coming back down for the March one. I, I won't guarantee it yet, but yeah. I'm thinking about coming down since I don't have to do snow. I'd really oh. love to shorten my winter. I don't know if we're going to get SRF kids together this time. The kids program, your wife was kind enough to give me a whole agenda for that. And it's because we don't have space booked already. So for it, because um, we are going to do it off of the S SOE compound, but nearby. Yes. So I think I'm finding out tomorrow if there's space available, and then we figure out if we do self-reliance kids. That'd if not, cool. though, we're aiming for March for self-reliance kids. So here's the thing, and Becky won't say this yet, but uh, she might not make it to SRF this in, in October. I'm going to yeah. be there 100%, but she's literally opening a brand new daycare <laughs> 10 days before SRF. I keep telling her she needs to decide and she'll, she, she might be listening. She'll bust my balls later, but don't be disappointed anybody if she can't make it because there is a lot going on for her right now, but yeah. I am 100% there. I, uh, I leave in, I guess, yeah, if you know, show, I'm going to punch you in the nose. You know, I'm not no showing I mean, unless, <laughs> I, unless I'm, you know, something. Yeah, no, no, you know, I'm coming. I know you. Yeah, I won't. Don't I've now threatened you on the internet, so yes. I can probably be arrested if I, I actually know. punch you in the nose. I'll be like, you threatened it on YouTube. So, um, Thursday before self-reliance festival, we are having a work day slash workshop get together at my property in Tennessee as well, which is going to be really cool. I'm excited about that too, because there's a lot of people coming in town ahead of time and yeah, there's nothing quite like getting everybody together. Yeah. It's fun. I like to do that too here. Yeah. Well, you kind of inspired me when you came up to, uh, was it Missoula or Washington or where were you when you came up and did a living free get together. Oh, and it was in uh, Spokane, Washington. And it was 
for because I went to Paul Wheaton's and I was like, well, I'm going to be in Spokane anyway. Let's do a meetup. And I already knew a couple of people who lived in that area. So, um, yeah. Becky and I spent the night in Spokane a couple of months ago. It's it's the city. <laughs> it's yeah. Better, but you, you're, you're used to Washington, aren't you? Because you kind of grew up in that area a bit. Well, I grew up in Portland, Oregon area. Is that? So, I've never been uh, in Oregon yet. So. so Spokane's not close to Portland, but it's, you know, like I think it's a five-hour drive from Portland, if I remember. I could be wrong. It could be three hours, but I feel like it's five. Five seems to be a magic number for where things are. Um, and I just, I was flying to Montana. The ticket prices to go into Missoula were through the roof, and mm -hmm. it was less expensive by a thousand or two thousand i can't remember how much now but it was over a thousand dollars cheaper for me to fly to spokane and drive two hours to where i was going wow then and i was like well i guess i'm going for a drive and it's not a bad drive you know yeah. we were, we drove that exact stretch uh when i was at the um thrivalist fair there a yeah months ago but yeah, I didn't mind it. I, I enjoyed Washington for the short time I was there. And, you know, it was, yeah, it has its rough areas in Spokane. But, but Tori, the wandering ma, lives there. So that, yeah, better. She was at the meet. She actually kind of took over the making of making of the meetup happening. Good. So, we we yeah. had an impromptu meetup with her at the Golden Corral. So that was fun. Yeah. So cool. All right. Well, is it time for us to wrap? Sure. Let's wrap her up. Okay. This was let's wrap. Wrap it up. What do you got <laughs> at the end? Uh, yeah. So, guys, if you haven't bought your tickets yet for Self-Reliance Festival, you really absolutely need to do that. It's going to be one hell of an event. And I'm not just saying this uh, because so I this year I will have spoke at five different events, been to five different events. One of them I can't say yet because I haven't been there. But all of the other ones, there is something incredibly special about self-reliance festival it is when you find your people and you will find your people there there is power in that and i i was telling somebody the other night 18 months ago roughly or a little less at your at last year's spring workshop it was the first one we ever went to and that changed becky's life i mean i knew all you guys you were still my imaginary internet friends but i knew you really existed but that power of sitting together walking down the hill the last night and we both had tears in our eyes because we knew we had to leave everybody behind and we fell in love with it so much that we bought land down there. So I'm not saying you'll buy land down there, but if you can afford it and you can make it there for what is it? 90 bucks, a hundred bucks, 95 bucks for a ticket and it includes camping on site. It will change your life. And I'm not exaggerating. It absolutely will change your life. So I don't want to hear any excuses. I had, there was somebody a couple of months ago when I was on here and I told them I'd buy them their ticket, just reach out to me. And guess what? They never did. So, you know, it is what it is. Don't, uh, don't make excuses. Just be there because it will absolutely change your life. As an introvert, I sometimes I'm like, Hey, I want to go to the thing, but I don't want to go to the thing. Cause then I'll have to see people. Yes. And what I learned coming into our network is that, I want to go to the thing and it doesn't make me tired to be around the people. Well, it does make me tired ultimately, but like yeah. I get energized around people because what happens at these events is the people I'm talking to say words 
and the words have meanings. And then their body also says words, like your body language explains how you think. And the words they say match what their body says, which is unlike most of society. Part of why I find it difficult or exhausting to be in large groups of people is most people are lying to me most of the time. That's a good point. And, and I find that exhausting because I'm constantly looking at it, right? And that's not what happens at these. Yeah, no vampires around, no energy vampires. And so if you're like, yeah, butting yourself about this, but it sounds kind of exciting, but you're like, I can't, or I can't, you know, I can't afford it. Or I mean, like reach out to me if you can't afford your ticket too, because I'd like to know that. I'd like to know who that is. But I also think that making space for things like this in your life is it's like making a decision to change your life. You're making a decision to expand your network. And uh, Rosie says, it has changed my life for the better. Yeah, I hope to see her again soon. But it's it's just life-changing, and it's hard to explain why until you go there and let it change your life. you got to be ready for it, though. And if you're not ready, don't come. It's a way to bring it all the way back around where we started tonight. As far as the poverty mindset goes, it is a way to kind of supercharge your brain. Or there's something... It, It'll switch. It'll turn that. If you're looking to get that switch turned on, it will turn that switch on. And you might not realize it. You, you might see it, but it might take a few days for when you get home because you're going to leave motivated. You you might be exhausted, but there's whatever the thing is you're thinking about doing, it's going to motivate you to do it. And you, you won't be able to get away from it. Yep. It's, it's absolutely true. So I mean, I don't know. I, most of the people in the stream have already bought their tickets. I'm, you know, I'm seeing who they are. Or sure, like Letty just had a baby, so she's not coming to this one. She's coming to a different one. <laughs> it makes more sense. But um, and I want to clear something up about camping because I'm getting this question a lot. I will change the FAQ on the website. If you're coming to the pre-workshop Zero the Hero, you can you can camp starting Wednesday night, which is the night before the workshop. And if you are staying for the chicken processing workshop with Joel Salatin, Joel's going to kick us off with a demo. And then we're walking you through hands-on processing chickens. So you are processing chickens at that. It's not just showing you how, it's doing it, which is much more important. Yes, you can stay Sunday night in the campground. Somebody actually just emailed me that question who just bought their ticket for the poultry processing workshop. And I'm like, oh yeah, good point. We need to make that a little bit more clear so people know how their lodging is handled. Anyway, just another FAQ since this is on the SRF channel. Okay, Tim. Well, thanks for being with me tonight. I, I appreciate you uh, being willing to, to get crazy on a Thursday here. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> I, I'm always willing to be a little bit crazy, even. Yeah. Yeah. That's, which on is the other good. hand, you have different, different fingers. Yes. Yes, you do, David Ziegler. Yes, you do. What did he say? He said, on the other hand, you have different fingers, unless, of course, you were, you know, suffered a horrible industrial accident, and then you might yeah. be making fun of somebody, so. Yeah. You never make fun of people. Never. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I make fun of myself. My, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for the chat. I appreciate it, as always.